0: Recorded live. Uh ah. All right.
1: Hey Bishop, I see you. Hold on a second. Let
2: me take
1: this off. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. I can
3: hear you fine. Okay. It okay. was I don't know what was going on. It wouldn't even say talk to you after the after the one one in town.
1: Uh, I cause I don't I think it did that because I wasn't on. I was waiting to see if we were gonna have the call at oh, this time before I set it up because then you got to okay. cancel it and all that other kind of stuff.
2: But um,
1: it worked your time when you dialed in this time, right? It
3: was perfect, perfect.
1: Okay, all right, perfect. How you doing?
3: Uh, I've been busy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be.
3: <laughs> you should be. It's a lot, it's I'm a lot busy to do. i am busy and running and running. Oh, my god.
1: That's all right. Better better to be busy than to be idle, I guess. Um, What you preach on Sunday?
3: Uh, I preach about um, life after the loss. I've been doing a series on the life after the loss, preparing for um, the book. Oh,
2: wow. I've
3: turned it into also a a series in the church and... um, I kind of I went with um Oprah and Naomi and, Ruth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh I kinda of dealt with um the loss that they had. Naomi mm-hmm. losing her her husband and both her sons. Oh what anyway. And then after that, of course, they're they're in another land, and she comes to the place where she she tells both of them, you need to go your own separate way, Mm. you know, because Mm -hmm. I have nothing for you, and one stays and one leaves, one commits to stay with her, and the other one left. And I just said, you know, over Mm -hmm. the years, we have villainized Oprah for leaving Mm -hmm. and praised Ruth for saying,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but we should not villainize her because three times her mother-in-law said, I have nothing for you. Right. Go on.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: All she did was take the advice of her mother <laughs> Yes, that's what she did. She took the advice and mm-hmm. said, okay, I hear you, and she went her way. And so it was a necessary goodbye.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's mm-hmm. what I, 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 I parked my bus right there on that necessary goodbye.
2: Because oh,
3: okay. at certain times, people have no more left in them for you. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that some people would just be truthful like Naomi. Because mm-hmm. I have nothing, nothing more to give you. I have nothing more for you.
2: And and and, and nothing. Nothing
3: more for her. It was time to say goodbye.
1: Indeed. How did they respond?
3: They liked that, and when you do it like that, you can you can leave with a kiss. You can leave on good terms. How about she that? Did not, she did not leave on bad terms.
1: No, she did. If
3: she hung around too long, it probably would have turned into something that would have been leaving on bad terms
2: hmm
3: But because some goodbyes are necessary when you leave at the right time. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it was. It, it I said At the end of the day, they couldn't share Boaz. She no, they couldn't. And where Ruth Lank was a mm-hmm. Boaz for her, there wasn't two Boazes there. There was one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And um it would have it would have definitely been a problem when they both would have went back and Naomi would have gave instruction. It would yeah, that would have been a big old mess. Huh? That would've
3: been a big mess. That's why some yeah. of the times are necessary.
2: Well, amen.
3: I know they enjoyed it. And, and and when they got to when they got what, what they did was they went back when they got to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And I had just preached a funeral on um, this week of a of a gangster. Really? He was a, he was a gangster. He was a hustler. The same thing. He was a hustler, but he didn't know God. They taught God. So at the funeral, I preached a message: a hustler's transition. I gotta get that bread.
2: <laughs> and I had a hustler.
3: I had a house full of hustlers that were there and big-time drug dealers all around the room. It was jam-packed. And I said, I need you to go find three oh people God. and tell me I got to get that bread. I got to mm-hmm. get that bread. So I kind of connected that because I, uh, at the end of the the Oprah story and Ruth and Naomi, it said that Naomi and Ruth went back to Bethlehem, the
2: mm-hmm. house of
3: bread. Bethlehem means yeah. the house of bread. Yeah. <laughs> And so, with it being back to Church Sunday, uh, mm. you got to go back because where God sends you back to, it is now a house of bread. Come mm. bread. I got to get the bread. So, it was, it was stuck now. That
1: That's amazing. amazing. A house full of them.
3: A house full of them. And they Ooh. all like this. You know, I'm getting a lot. Really, that was one of the find the messages in 25 minutes or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, my wife was like, that's the hardest to preach. And, you know, because it, it just related with the people. That's why I guess people was like that. It related with the crowd. Mm. I about being a hustler. Mm. At the end of the day, why some folks are getting a little upset with churches because they found out that there's a lot of things that hustle even in the church. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's crazy. My Don't life is on the line out there, and I came in the uh-huh. church, and my life is on the line in here. It's just, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, y'all were having
1: a time in the Lord, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, we, we
3: we 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 danced all up and down that god, going up. <laughs> we Amen. So it's, been, it's been an impactful. I could say it's been an impactful week. And, well,
1: you know, this was it's, it's, it's awesome, so. Oh, right. Beautiful. That's a, what an opportunity.
2: Yeah. What an
1: opportunity. You see what happens when people, you know, turn their nose up, they miss out on that opportunity. That's a,
2: whew.
3: Yeah, I, I, I love, I, I do love the opportunity of preaching a home going or a funeral, you know. hmm It's a Great opportunity to win souls, Christ. If you if you have the word, if you have the right word, and come out of the tradition, and really reach yeah. the people,
1: hmm right where they are.
3: hmm
1: Wonderful, and then it leaves them without an excuse. Can't say you never heard. Can't say you never had the opportunity.
2: hmm so, um,
1: Well, that sounds like it would it would have been uh, a good meal. It's had I've been there. But, um, all right. Um let me pull up my outline and make sure we're in the same place today. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So today we're supposed to do the nitty gritty.
2: We're supposed to
1: get into your affections. That's okay with you today?
3: Yeah, we, 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 we've been days off now,
2: so we got to step back in hard.
3: Okay. All right. Let me just move this up
1: way here. Okay. So, um. all right, you want to pray?
3: Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for another day's journey. We're so glad. God, that you've given us life and life that more abundantly.
2: Yes,
3: God. God. Look on us today in a very special way. Yeah. Lord, uh,
2: uh,
3: we thank you for our great method, great planning. Yeah. Using us for your glory as the nation we touch what you have inspired us to do, what yeah. to do. I grant us what with greatness Release your power. Yes, Father. the glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Yes, Jesus,
2: amen. Okay.
1: Um, all right. Um, I want to start with talking about the starvation. Um, what death and the lack of sensitivity, I guess, did to you? to make you have a hunger for affection, um, that starvation, so to speak. I want to talk about how you felt, what was
0: missing.
2: Okay.
1: You mm-hmm. got me know. I'm ready. Yeah. You can go ahead. I'm. You know, I just want to hear you talk about that first. And then we'll get into, you know, the details. But what did death do to you? What is losing because it's more than just you losing your parents. <clears throat> you lost um a companion, um, lost a lot of uh I wanna say peace. There are a few things that you lost. So there had to be some domino effect to create an appetite for affection. That's what I'm thinking. if I'm wrong, you let me know. But um, I wanted to start with what the starvation did or or what type of starvation you experienced that brought up a hunger for affection.
3: What kind of – say that word again.
1: Starvation. What were you starving from? What what was missing that uh, I know was affection, but just how? Um, I don't know if that goes back to your wife, if that goes back, ex wife, sorry. Or if that goes back to um, you know, the missing of your parents and people not understanding. I don't know where it goes back to, but at some point all of this led to you missing uh, you know, the affection. So before we get into exactly what happened, how did it come about that you felt this is what I needed because some people need other things. Some people eat. Some people mm-hmm. eat drugs, alcohol. But for you, it was affection.
3: Yes, yeah. I don't think it was missing because I was, I was, I, I was making sure I was getting it. <laughs>
2: but... <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: okay. I, I, I think that. Um, I don't think it was just due to the people being insensitive, um, especially those close to me, um, um, that it took outside people to feed me with affection. Okay. Okay, because when you're not being sensitive, what happens is it leads to me being annoyed.
2: Mhm.
3: And frustrated and angry. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm misunderstood. I'm not being understood. I'm not I'm not the focus. Mhm. Okay? Gotcha. And mm-hmm. I I I for a moment I needed to stop being where I have to be the answer and the solution for everybody, and some mm. people just focus on me and what I'm going through that mm-hmm. It just helped me, you know, even if it was by way of conversation, like a peaceful giving me a peaceful day and a peaceful conversation. So some affection that you talk that we talk about is not always physical. Okay. You know, it's not always physical, but it's it's just the time, the quality time without the aggravation.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, having that affection, brought about a sense of relief?
3: It, it, it definitely brought about uh, uh, a relief. Um, mm-hmm. um, sometimes even a feeling of being replenished.
1: Oh, wow. What were you depleted from? Just
3: <laughs> I think, you know, everything that's gone on has depleted me was depleting with me of, like, my joy and my strength. Uh, mm. or, or not, let me say not say joy, or my mm-hmm. happiness. Because, okay. Because, you know.
0: I get it. So, you know,
1: um.
3: It, it was you just, it was just, mm-hmm. go ahead.
1: You, in other words, it was hard for so. In order for you to maintain, in Mm -hmm. order for you to continue to handle the business of Mm -hmm. life after loss, in order for you to even, I guess, have some peace of mind about getting through and, you know, lost both parents, uh, remaining, you know, a father uh, to this, and why you say you would do that anyway, but a husband. You know, just being who you are, you had to have some source that will help you continue?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Otherwise wouldn't have quit. I,
3: I, yeah, I I mean it's something that brought me brought me happiness, like brought me a, a sense of relief. Um some sense of uh, uh, resu- to resuscitate kind of like on a sometimes on a weekly basis, you know. Um mm-hmm. That's what I felt I needed. That's what I turned to. Where some people will turn to, again, drugs mm-hmm. for that relief, for that. Like, they, they kind of drugs and, and liquor kind of takes you out of your situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it, it brings you to a whole nother world where like everything is just like laughy or, you know, that's mm-hmm. what drugs do for people. Well, you know, affection took me there. And now oh. and I have not have to shoot nothing in my arm. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. have to. You know, digest nothing in my stomach that's harmful. Mm-hmm. You know, just for a moment, I feel like I'm being rescued or taken away or out of the um, atmosphere that is trying to to really just take me out.
1: So you got an opportunity to be taken care of. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where um, in the real world, so to speak, or your other world, you had to take care of everybody. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got you. Um,
3: Now, just for a moment, uh you know, I'm I'm relieved of the pain, you know, because that's what you want. You want relief of the pain for a moment, just like a, a, Mm. a Tylenol during a headache or, say, you get into something severe. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's not gonna last you. Um, the pain medication ain't gonna last you forever, but for about a good four hours
2: mm-hmm.
3: it might give you some relief of that pain or that distress or that, that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to live or is and is meant to live with discomfort forever.
1: Right, right. That's
3: not the way you're supposed to live. Just totally in discomfort. Sometimes, if a doctor could just at least make you comfortable mm-hmm. by giving you this medication, you know, it's not going to last for two days. You got to take it every eight hours or every four hours. Mm. So, this was your
2: prescription.
3: Yeah, this was my prescription. I I had surgery. I had uh, 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 my Achilles tendon was completely ruptured. And it was one of the most painful um, uh, injuries the doctor said you can have. And the surgery is is, is also very painful. The aftercare of it, you know. And he told me every four hours you got to take the Vicodin. And there was another one that was really strong, really Mm -hmm. strong, both of them. But you got to do it every four hours. Mm-hmm. Because I can't heal you from the pain, but I can give you something to make you comfortable. To relieve oh,
1: it. boy.
3: You know, to relieve you for for some, a certain amount of hours to take away the distress, not to heal it. Mm-hmm. Healing will take time. Yeah. But this, this drug will... Give you some some temporary relief, and sometimes when you're going through the most distressing times of your life, mm-hmm. you already came into the realization that you know you're not going to be healed by this right away. But you 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 bring things in your life that you that you feel can bring you at least some temporary. I'm at least happy with some temporary relief.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
3: if I can just get a moment, I could get two hours. Then. Mm-hmm. There is nobody giving me aggravation. I'm somebody's total focus. The way they talk to me, the way they consider what I feel, I have a, I have a moment where I can say what I feel. I can cry like I want to cry. Mm-hmm. You know? So the relief.
2: Mm hmm.
1: The relief helps you to endure yeah
3: it it, it 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 helped me it helped me to endure it helped me to get through
1: okay you know it really, right.
3: it, it helped me to get through
1: how long uh, yet when did it start and when did it end this uh seeking for affection outside of those in your immediate circle? When did it start? In
3: years. So
1: how many? I
2: would say at least three. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. That's fair. Did it start after your father passed and your mother was alive, or it started after both of them passed? No, Did it start it,
3: it started? It started when they started to hit these hospitals. It started when they started having heart attacks and strokes. You know, when I had to when I had to go to a hospital and see one, and then go to another room and see another. You know, mm-hmm. or, or to see my mother down and out and now having to take care of her at the nursing home and then go home and take care of my father. And uh, a lot of responsibilities, you know.
2: hmm
3: A lot of heavy responsibilities.
1: Very heavy. Did you ever go home to seek that affection, to seek that relief before you went outside? Or did you, like, how did this... Well, when did you object?
3: Mm-hmm. go ahead. What happens is you, you, you initially try to seek it home. Um, it was always a, an initial trying to come that right way. But then when you don't get it, that it leads you outside the doors. Then after a while, you begin to enjoy enjoy what's outside the door so much that you just you just come to a conclusion you're not going to get it there at home. So now it's not even your first preference to try home. You just you just know you're going with what works.
1: Okay. Um, so what was your first encounter of, you know what, I'm not even going to try that today. I'm going to do something else. When was the first idea or encounter, rather? Whether the, the you know whether it be just conversation or what have you, whatever it was, when was your first encounter?
3: Um, I I won't let, let's not go with you know let me not go I rather not go with the first encounter than a memorable encounter because okay and when you when when you. <laughs> Sometimes you have several encounters and you can't even remember which one was first, second, or third.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. So is that to say that was there something building up to?
3: Huh? Were,
1: were, were there instances that build up to this decision? Like, you know, maybe somebody grabbed your hand and maybe somebody said, how are you, and looked you in your eyes, and this just led up to you know what, I'm not even gonna try home today.
3: I would say home became so frustrating and such a war zone. Oh that you know, when we're not careful of how we set an atmosphere at home, it, it can lead very easily mm-hmm. to to outside affection. It really okay. can um, So the home was just a wreck.
2: Okay. It,
3: it, it became a place of great aggravation and frustration. So it wasn't just
1: sanctuary.
3: It no. wasn't your
1: place of peace. Okay. All right, so it, go ahead, it, memorable it, moment. It, it, mm-hmm.
3: it, it was a house. It wasn't a home. mm, Um. And um, I would say one time, there's this couple, but this this one time particularly that someone came to where I was. I was um, in my office and someone came to where I was
2: mm-hmm. and
3: just happened to be driving by and saw my car outside and came to my office and... I know when 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 she enters the room, you can feel this like great concern. Don't don't get it mixed up. I mean, I'm I, I, let me keep it book wise because if we keep it spiritual, if we just go spiritual, of course we know it's the devil and you're trying to use your good intent.
1: Just so, say it how you want to say it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to put it the right way. For
3: for, for 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 book for book, I don't want to get spiritual with it. The 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 atmosphere that she brought in the room, I can feel like like already like this like a shift in the atmosphere to where there is um sincere concern. concern. Mm-hmm. She was like, Why are you still here? What's going on? And we just begin to talk. And as we talked, and she, she, you know, I was just let telling her how upset I was, and what's going on with my mother, and father, and life itself. She just mm-hmm. sat with undivided attention and just wouldn't move. And then she grabbed my hand and she kissed me.
2: Oh.
1: Okay, I imagine that was an inti- it was an intimate kiss. It wasn't just God bless you.
3: No, it was very, it was very intimate. It okay. was very intimate. All right. And so I, uh-huh. I felt right there, just just like for a moment, I, I, it just took me somewhere else. It took me right out of what I was talking about, the whole pain the whole everything, it just took me, she had the ability to take me away from it
2: mm-hmm.
3: and bring me some type of pleasure and comfort. And the body seeks for it. The body yeah. seeks for it when you're not upset. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: Yes, indeed. When you're not going through, your body seeks for it. So now, you know, I'm just in, I mean, I need more then feed me bold and
2: mm-hmm.
3: it it was just it was really it was really awesome and there mm-hmm. it just led to another kiss and another kiss and um, and it turned into a relationship mm-hmm. we went somewhere and we went somewhere and found us some some time and again every single time. Uh, I was with that person every time. The you felt better. Oh, it was just it was it was like leaving New York without leaving New York.
1: Okay. Wow. A great escape.
3: Yeah, it was it was it was like a great escape. There was never, never a bit of agitation. Oh, for sure. It was never it was it was always a calm, sincere, beautiful atmosphere. I, I, I okay. never even had to worry about I all I knew is that any need I had, somebody was focused in on resolving it and making it better to the best okay. of their ability. That's it.
1: So how long was the first meeting? How how long? Was she there? Hours. How long? Did you... Hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been starving for years, and in comes, you know, um, what you need. And in a matter of hours, you felt um, that relief. You felt that escape. Yeah,
3: yeah. And when you really go through, do you know? I've had other people that had, you know, hey, what's up, how you doing? And you have an experience with them. But when you when you at this place you don't you don't just want sex. It's not sex. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the atmosphere of you being able to really focus in on me without any aggravation, not one ounce of it. Mm-hmm given an atmosphere and a friendship and a touch that's beyond just a sexual touch.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a heart touch.
3: Yeah. And so, you know, I wasn't going to be the F-you man, the screw-you man. That I, I, mm-hmm. That's not me.
2: hmm
3: I couldn't stand that. Okay. That's just, that's just you know, that's not... That's not me. I'm, I don't want to just be out here screwing. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, unfortunately, there's a serious need in my life. Mm-hmm. And
2: so
3: now, you wanted that... A snack or an alligator or something that just looks good can't do it. Okay. I just want to screwed. So it, it, it had to be, you had to have the effectiveness of relief.
1: Okay. All right. And that was the connection? That would be the connection. Okay. So would you say that the difference between, um, let's say, uh, this woman versus those who were like, hey, how you doing, is the difference between what they provided based on the undivided attention?
3: Undivided attention? Um the the peaceful non contentiousness or no contentiousness um, atmosphere, ability to relieve the pain, distress, and oppression.
1: Mm. Oh, boy, okay. All right. How long did this last? With her? Yeah, with her. Well,
3: I would say a couple good years.
1: A couple good years? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, um, Were there other, but when did it end? When did it end with her? and why?
3: I'm going to be careful because of this book, and I don't <laughs> Yeah,
1: I don't want... I'm, I'm asking specific questions, but I'm going to make it real vague so yeah, that, I mean, you know... You gotta it
3: I'm to make vague because I'm... You know, um, mm-hmm. it ended before I got married. Okay. Um, it, ended, 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 it, it ended several several months before I got married.
1: Before you got married to
3: Monique. Ms.
1: Okay. All right. All right. And is that the is 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 that the reason why it ended?
3: Um. Let me see. Not really. Not okay. really. It had slowed down because now i I'm, I'm, you know, I'm seriously thinking about my next step, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I know that Monique had been a, a friend of mine, and we started to have conversations and I like where the conversation is going, I like the possibilities, but neither one of us really wanted to make that step on mm-hmm. marriage. But uh we had started to spend some time together, so I was like, okay. Okay. A decision going to go has to be made sooner. So we slowed slowing down, and um, I was very honest with the other person about, you know, what's going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, she started to get into a relationship, too, because, you know, it's not like uh, I wasn't going to marry her. Now, that was going to be a no. That was Why? That was no from day one.
1: That was no from day one?
3: From day one.
1: Any particular reason why? Or y'all just I'm went not. into...
3: I let it be go too. Okay. So that's not you can go there, because that's not where I
1: Okay. So you weren't looking for another uh, a life partner at that time. You just wanted the relief that she willingly offered, um, to say the least.
3: Is it safe... <laughs> What were there? That's that's, that's as far as we needed to go there. Okay. All
2: right.
3: Even if I do consider marriage, it's not going to be her.
1: Okay. Were there other women during this relationship with this woman?
3: There was. There were other women that were. You know, I would say something happened. You know, some, okay. form, some form of intimacy happened, but then I'll be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, not, that's not gonna work because they don't have that same effect. That ain't gonna work. That, you know, what? what unfortunately, one thing that I will say is that once you start going here to this world,
2: mm-hmm.
3: enough may not never be enough. And that's wow! Why, that's why if it was a drug, most people are dead because enox is never enough.
1: Why is that?
3: Because you can never satisfy oh. a huge desire like that. You, you, you understand? It's
1: yeah, you can't only, fill that, you know,
3: that gap. No, nah, you can't really fill it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say everybody, but where I was, as deep Mm -hmm. as I was in what I was going through, the the kind of relief, it gets addictive that you want that relief all the time, and then you may want it more than what you should get, Mm -hmm. and it becomes a dangerous place, okay, where... You you may not come out of this. Okay. You may not come out of this. All right. Um, you know you're playing with with a, with your life and people's lives too. So
2: uh-huh.
3: it's a very dangerous place to go to, um, especially when you want perfection. See if if you're a screw man, just want to screw you, you 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 screw people and you leave them and you get mm-hmm. to them in. But when you talk about affection, you're talking about you getting to the person's heart and they're getting to yours, and that's a dangerous place.
1: Okay. So the other women, although there may have been intimate uh, transactions, they didn't have that touch. They didn't have that ability to touch your heart. Is that what you're saying?
3: They had the ability to touch my heart. They didn't have the ability to relieve the pain, the distress, and, you know, the oppression or the depressions that were trying to come after me. They didn't have that ability. They they, they had the ability to give you sexual pleasure, but you want more than that.
1: Was it that they fought? Uh that was all you needed?
3: Uh maybe maybe thought uh, maybe Okay. Um, but you know, I that, that that's where you thought too wrong. You thought wrong. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow.
1: All right. So throughout this um you know, couple year um relationship, you experience other women so to speak. And they, none of them had the ability, Nobody else touched you know, in the way that she
2: did. There,
3: there, there was, there were several. Okay. I, 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 I was, I was able to, you know, have several that that did tap in. You know. Okay. They, they tapped in. So now life is even getting more complicated. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, indeed. It's got to be more complicated. Okay. Um, and you didn't want to marry any of them either?
2: Uh, one, I did. One, one, one I did. Mm-hmm. Why didn't
1: you, if I, if I can ask
2: for sure.
3: Um, uh, complicated, complicated.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, complications. Okay, no problem. No, no,
3: there, they, they had some things on their side too that was just as complicated as mine. Mm-hmm. It, it would have not. It. Well I'm gonna tell I just say it to you, you you know, it would have turned yeah. you know it would have turned every friend, every person connected like, Oh my god, are you serious? You know, it would have been like, you know Oh okay. There, yeah, it would have turned it would have turned the city out. Okay. <laughs>
2: it okay. would have turned the city
3: out. So Okay. In, instead uh, of okay. instead of giving the city um something that would have really turned them Okay. remain friends. Okay.
1: I understand. Okay. All yeah. right. So um, we have these encounters with these, you know, women. They're providing the temporary relief. They become, you know, that pill, so to speak, that you take every however many hours. And this went on for three years, just about.
3: Yeah, you no, know, okay. three, three to four years.
1: Three, or four years. And um, did anybody ever find out about any of them? Uh... It... You ever come close to being, if you want to say, caught? If I'm not mistaken, I guess. Maybe you were married, but not divorced. How did, where were you in your marriage with your ex-wife?
3: Well, well, let let me say, um, let let me go way back. Um, There was, before I really got out of here. there was um, a situation in my marriage, in my first marriage, um, approximately now 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. where that's when, when my mother father first, got like a little crazy. Um, and things got real crazy in my life. I had um my wife had really I was real I was not in love with her already because of some um, telephone calls and stuff that happened in year one of our marriage and um, I had broken to her phone record. Back then mm-hmm. it was very easy, you always you had somebody social and I was disappointed to see phone calls constantly on the way to work, on the way home by oh. his ex-boyfriend. And so that devastated me, and I um I kept it inside. I didn't know how to approach her with this type of anger I was feeling because I've never seen my father approach my mother. Mm -hmm. and so I didn't know how to, and I guess I was intimidated because I'm only about 20 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I couldn't tell my parents because they was going to just, you know, let me know I told you and this and the third. And um, I couldn't tell my godfather who was raising me as well because he would have gotten so upset and I didn't want to... The, the problems, how he's going to respond to it. I kept, so you were protecting
1: you know,
3: her. Yeah, because my godfather is, is even to today. He's tied into organized okay. crime and situations, and uh, okay, you know, very very violent. And so, you know, I saw him hit my godmother. It was the first time I have seen a man hit a woman, and I swore I would never repeat that. I, mm-hmm. Awful. You know, thank God I have never put my hands on a woman. Mhm. Um, so, um, yeah, I just couldn't tell about it. So I, I wasn't in love with her. And then um some things happened, we got to some arguments where I tried to, you know, I thought we was trying to get back close and then her mouth was so verbally aggressive that, again, this is not something I'm used to, so it's hurting me more than it should. Mm -hmm. If I was older, I probably would have been able to handle it, but because I just wasn't brought up in this way, to hear Uh a woman come over to a man like this, it really was affecting me really bad. Yeah, that was a shock. Uh Yeah, so always a shock. But um, at this point, I had went out to eat with, a former coworker, a former cop, and she used to be my partner. And her and her husband would come over my house. We we're all very close. Um, I had not seen her for a couple of years. She had a baby and and left the job for another, a better job out in Jersey. Um, and uh, I just so happened, while I was going to preach a revival that night, I remember her calling my phone. I said, where you been? We went out before talking and stuff, and I hadn't seen her so long, so she said, um, she said where you at? I said, well, I'm on the Belt Parkway because I'm going to get me some food from the China Buffet. She said, I'm visiting my grandmother. I'm on the Belt Parkway too. And so we got, you know, I said, well, meet me at the China Buffet, and we met there, and we had like a, like a 5 o'clock lunch together before I went to preach. And uh, somehow or another, there were some church members there from her best friend's church. Oh,
2: sorry.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking to her as if nothing going on. I would never do nothing with her, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking, and, you know, we were partners, so we always ate out, you know, pull over in the spot mm-hmm. called the But when the church folks, and I, st- I looked, and I said, someone's looking at me. I felt uncomfortable, they, you know, long story short, they went and told her best friend, who was that was her the first lady of some church, who was my wife's best friend.
2: Mm-hmm. And about
3: maybe two weeks after the situation, mm-hmm. she called me one day and said, "Tell me everywhere you was on on Monday." Now, oh, I I didn't know. You know, I, I'm not thinking because I know I didn't do nothing wrong, so I'm not I'm not thinking like to make up nothing or to say something, because at this point it's two weeks later, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, what are you talking about? What 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 are you referring to? And she's like, I want to know the way anyway, he was on Monday. I said, I, I don't know. I had to preach Monday night. I mean, Tuesday. Like, and I'm thinking in my head, but then it comes to me, oh, okay. mm-hmm. I got this. So your best friend went and told you, Okay, so I got it. Mm-hmm. And I felt angry because I felt like why couldn't she just say, you know, listen, my best friend said some of her church members saw you. What what's going on with that? But instead it was like, Help her to cover the friend and just come at me.
2: And I oh. said you
3: I said, um, I don't know who I was Monday. And she hung the phone. She called me back. She said, do you know now about 15 minutes later? And I'm like, um, listen, I think you and your, your relationships go too far, okay? Now, you got going to talk to me like you got some sense and just ask me, you know, what's this, what's that? But I'm not going to see how you disrespect me and go crazy. I'm mm-hmm. your husband. And she just. It just got worse, and we wound up separating. And that Sunday, she didn't come to church. And the next Sunday, she didn't come to
2: church. Oh, and I'm
3: making excuses. I'm keeping everybody out of my business. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm making a excuses. Third Sunday, she don't come to church. Mm-hmm. Fourth Sunday, she don't come to church. And I'm just lying through my teeth every Sunday now. She's with family. She's doing this. hmm Fish Sunday, you know, because they just went on. The the eighth Sunday, she shows up when I had to preach at her best friend's church.
1: Oh my gosh!
3: And she sits in the front row of the church with her friend, and while I'm preaching, they're laughing and talking and. My church members are looking at this. I mean, I got—I have a good church at this time. I have a great church, and they're just watching this. And mm-hmm. the woman in my church didn't like my wife anyway. <laughs> oh, so they were looking for a reason anyway. Yeah, they, they didn't like her at all. And they had good reasons for some of their problems with her. You know, not not, not really. She just had her little clique, and she wouldn't really reach out to the rest of the congregation. and it was just, I kept on telling her don't do that, but mm-hmm. whatever. So she sits there and laughs, and then I just took my preaching to the next level. I just threw them out, and I just tapped into the anointing, and next thing you know, that place went boom, and the praise broke out all over the place.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And she had to get up and leave, because it was just pandemonium in there. Okay. So, my church now realized. Everything I was saying is a lie. There's a lot going on. They waited for me after church, my leaders, and said, no, we need to go back to our church. We need a mercy meeting tonight. And so we met, and I, I just kept it simple. For many years, me and Pastor Monique, we pray for you. Now we ask that you pray for us. Boom. <laughs> okay.
2: okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, but the one problem was I had an ex-girlfriend that I grew up in the church with <laughs> that I used to date when I was we we had a we had a very nice relationship from um um from like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and we just we we really kind of. We had a, a special bonding, and when she saw that, next thing you know, um, Monday, I was shopping on Jamaica Avenue,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and she we saw each other. By the end of that week, we were entangled. Okay. And from and from our entanglement, <laughs> she had a baby. Wow. Yeah, she has a child. She got pregnant and she had a baby. And now I have a son that's coming from this situation. And um, she told me two months into the pregnancy. She told me when she was two months. So I asked her, I said, Well, what are you going to do? Mm
2: I'm
3: going to get rid of it. And so I said, okay, that's your decision. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't want to force her to do anything. I mm-hmm. said, you know, you, I don't know if something happens to her, the repercussions I'll have to face from her family and everybody. So she went to go get rid of the child, and she couldn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she came back outside, got in my car. and <laughs> said, I can't do it. And I said, okay, I'll (laughs) To the home, I said I called the later, I said, listen I need to meet with your entire family And after I meet with your family I'm going to Think about what's next But I have to take accountability For this Mm -hmm. She said, no, don't do that Don't do that, we're going to think of something else We're going to keep you out of the spotlight uh, I'll put it on another man if I have to. I ask a friend to just, just let let it be on him. You know, I will ask somebody. Mm. And no, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna take accountability for this. I remember a family. Her father, mother, grandmother, everybody that raised her her thug brothers who wanted to fight. Oh. And they were disgusted, they were upset. And about all right. And so I just, you know, said to them, um, I called this meeting today because um, I have to take accountability for my wrongdoing. And y'all know that your sister, your even is pregnant. I'm I'm the father. Oh, okay. I'm a father. I, I come here to ask for your apologies, to apologize and ask for your forgiveness. And I'm going to take the full responsibility of this, you know, I told him I'm very sorry. You know, the brothers wanted to fight, and I said, you know, I'm not really, I'm like, I ain't coming to fight, but, you know, mm-hmm. I know people, I know people, so I mean, right. I mean, who do you want to go? I mean, so her father spoke and said, we love your dad and we love you. You've done so much for the family. Um, your father did so much that what we're going to do is move her out of town. We're going to move out of town, and um, y'all, can, y'all can make this announcement when the baby turns 18, 19, 20, whatever y'all want to do. But for now, we just want to keep this on the down low, and we gotta we got to finance it. And, and me and my her mother and grandmother is just going to get out of here. Wow. So I looked at Tasha. I said, Tasha, are you going to keep this baby? And she said, i from old family. Yes, I am. I said. I want to say thank you for everything you want to do, but I'm not going to have a baby come into this world and lie to it. I'm not going to do yeah. that. I'm not going to let all these years go by and then I say I'm the father and all these years that the baby can never get back, right. I can't get back for the sake of church. Mm. That's said, And considering the church, Let's consider it beyond the building and the people that's in it. How would this son of mine, that's coming, you know, this child, ever respect God if I show up after 18 years and say I'm your father and I'm a pastor? That don't that don't work. We never respect. <laughs> we never respect God. We we'll never come to God. Mm-hmm. If I lose my church because of this, if all the people walk out, so be it. I said, Tasha, in this family. I'm going home. I'm going to tell my wife.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Then I'll be calling the head bishop, telling him.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Then I will have an emergency meeting at my church to talk to my trustees first and then to the church as a whole. And uh, That would be that. They begged me not to do it. I said, no, 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 no. And uh, I did it in that order, and uh, my bishop told me that uh, forgiveness starts immediately. God doesn't call a board meeting and wait six months to forgive you. How about
2: that?
3: If the church can't run to forgive you after all that you've done here, then the church don't need to be open. Oh?
2: What?
1: <laughs> oh wow, that's beautiful.
3: He said, "This is an institution of forgiveness, and that's why we're here. we're all here because of God's forgiveness."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, um, he told the church, "I'm not sitting, Pastor Down, for it down, but oh, he's, chosen, he's chosen to sit down." And I did. I said, "No, I'm going to sit down anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm going to sit down." One, because I need to gather my family and get my family back.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I need to focus on 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 my wife and these kids. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and two, this should be an example of some sort of humility here.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, this should be. So I don't know how long I'm gonna sit down. I don't know how long my church can even tolerate me sitting down and still mm-hmm. smiling. But I will sit down. So I sat down. And I just came to church every day, sat in the front row, and surrendered my pastoral duties for about three months. Mm. Got back up, who God said, and my church grew.
1: (laughs) Wow.
3: My church grew, and when the baby was born, the young lady decided to pick up and move to Atlanta. I um, thought she no one, no one there, and she didn't want to continue to pour salt into an open womb and just walk around with this kid in the people's face. So she just she immediately disappeared until the baby was born, stayed out of sight, and then uh, moved to Atlanta, where she lives today. Okay. And I take care of my son. He comes to my church for the whole summer. Um, mm-hmm. He's accepted even from my ex-wife now, who's my ex-wife. He's accepted. Mm-hmm. We have a, a lot of fun together.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
3: She, me and her, didn't get divorced. But we, we, we went several more years, but um, that was only because she stayed, because I found out she was having an affair right up in my house.
2: Oh. Um, so,
3: Gosh. She was she was doing her thing right up at my house. And so, you know, from her doing her thing, you know, there's repercussions from that too. So, you know, repercussions right. with theirs. You know, uh, I mean she had somebody up in my house who I thought was being my adjutant. Oh Growing <laughs> her brains out every day at when I when I would leave for work and things like that.
2: So what? Um,
3: yeah, and that was that was before I even went into this, you know, this thing with this girl. So, oh, Lord, have mercy. How it comes back to us, we may not like it. So, right,
1: because it's coming back.
3: Whoa, it will. So um, that, that was the start of the first sense of relief because she provided it. Hands down, I mean, hands okay. down. There was never, never, ever a moment of of contentiousness.
2: Mm-hmm. It
3: was whatever I needed, um, and my needs wasn't a lot. It was just I needed a lot of affection and attention. Mm-hmm. Both, so it wasn't like we; she had to do anything crazy. We didn't do no drinking, no smoking, no no obscene sexual things, you know, um, mm-hmm. none of that. And but she just provided a a place of um, extreme comfortability mm. and, in my life, and um, to this day, I will honestly say. I love her. Okay. Uh, to this day. Will we ever be intimate? No, no, that that's not you know something that neither one of us wanna do. Um, but when we see each other it's still the same. You know. Wow. No no problems, no issues. Um, you know, she will say to anyone, I love him, that's my baby's father, I love him. Um, but she is such an integral person. Um, she was before that, and then when this baby was born, it was like we we will not continue any type of sexual relationship. Enough has been done at this oh. point. You know? And we can't make this thing worse. There can't be a second child. There can't be a second, you know, romance thing. It just, you know, and she really kind of taught me there how to cut it because she wasn't playing it, and I wasn't forceful. I understood, you know. Mm -hmm. this is hurting, because for the rest of her life, she has to look at somebody that looks like me. Mm.
1: (laughs) So you protected Mm. your wife, would you say, this young lady was protecting you?
3: Yes, she really did. She really did, and today I could call her a friend, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but... We just raise our child, and, you know, that's that's, that's that. You know, it's it's hard for me because I'm a parent, and I love children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me to have to raise my son from a distance, and I can't see him every day.
1: Mm -hmm. So the hands-on is important
3: to you. Because that really gets me exactly. Because that's my son, and i i i don't i don't parent this way. So I think it's awful, you know, that he has to, you know, wake up and be like, well, oh, you know, I don't get a dad that stays in my house. You know, this is not a good thing. um I, I i don't know. I don't beat myself up too much, but yeah, yeah because. It is what it is, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I would never make that mistake again. And I teach my mm-hmm. sons now, and I tell them what, what I did years ago was absolutely a disgusting act.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It was a hurtful act that y'all can never repeat. Y'all okay. must be bigger. Y'all must be better than I was. I need y'all to be more integral mm-hmm. than I was.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and don't let this be a repeat performance mm-hmm. and go down through our bloodline. It it not right. so, Okay. Yeah, she, um, she was sad. So. But it started there, then <laughs> it stopped, and then years later, it picked up again. <laughs>
1: okay. So um, is it safe to say that when you experience loss, whatever is wrong in your relationship—come out, marriage or companionship—because everybody ain't married—whatever is wrong will be intensified due to the loss.
2: so uh, that one. That question through my head one more
3: thing.
1: No problem. So um, would you say that loss intensifies what's already wrong in a marriage or a relationship?
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Statistically, I think if I Google it now, most people that experience the death of a child, loved one, um, their marriage suffers and, and ends up in divorce. Wow. Um, that 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 is something that maybe you can Google or we can do for homework. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does. That, 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 I that I do know that because me being a marriage counselor, you know, um, being certified to do it, not not um, agreed to do it, but it, it's one thing that was taught that um, you have to always get to the to what what's under the ground. Don't just cut grass. Mm. Um, grass grows back. Get, get under the get under the grass. Get to the root. And a lot of people will be arguing and fussing, but the root of the is that loss that they took is so hurting that they can't provide any form of peace to you. It's always going to be so hurting that hurting people hurt people.
2: Is there, no. is there
1: anything that can be done? Is there anything that can be done? You know, as far as good, you know, you've got two people, they suffer the loss. Is there anything that they can grab a hold to? Um, that can pull them, you know, pull them through together. I know everybody mourns
3: differently. I, it, I I think it needs to be uh, it needs to be something taught to them. It needs to be something practiced. They, I, I would suggest that you find yourself a grief counselor or a counselor immediately, and bring your family and bring yourself um, along with your wife, maybe even the whole family into a session, to to learn how you know the wife needs to be given some instruction. Like in my case. You need to be given some instruction because you cannot, you cannot be successful without instruction. There's mm. there's, there's there's nothing that we'll buy that's worth anything that don't come without a, a booklet or manual, some type of instruction. Mm. It's in the box. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But so many of us, we go through life without a manual, without instruction, without teaching. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. If knowledge
3: is power, then that, then we're walking around with a marriage that's not empowered because we have no knowledge. So, it, wow. it's, so it's very important that someone begins to invest into letting let the counselor come in and teach. My wife. Why do you go ahead? My wife was probably um, doing what she's doing because no knowledge, not empowered, no teaching. She don't know what she does know and needs somebody to, you know, hold her accountable. Mm. Okay. Let's talk about the people.
1: Have you ever had anybody encourage you to keep going after these affections? Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Did they, whoever
1: it was, did it surprise you that it came from them?
3: Some surprised me. Some didn't.
1: Okay. Now.
3: And uh, and at the end of the day, I think you'll be surprised how many people are involved in these infections. You know what I'm saying? So that was accurate. But some people are involved in it for all the wrong reasons. Some people are involved in it because they're just nasty. Okay. You're You're just a pervert. Mm-hmm. You're just a freak and an idiot. I mean, I, I bumped into those because they knew I was going through it. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: they, you know, I had one, let me give you an example. I had one bishop mm-hmm.
2: um,
3: that I went to a preacher, uh, a revival for. Now, I'm in New York. This preacher calls me to North Carolina and picked me up from the airport. Mm hmm. Drives me to my hotel. Stops the car in front of the hotel and he makes a phone call. The young lady answers the phone. Hey, Bishop. Oh. And he was like, Hey, how you doing? He said, Listen here, I got this preacher from New York in town, and I don't, I don't want you to do him like you do me, but I want you to, I want you to give him some southern hospitality. Take care of him for the next three days. Um, he said, so where you at? She was like, well, I'm about an hour away, you know, hanging out from the phone, and he was like, all right, well, what time can you get here? And I'm looking at this dude like he done lost his last mind, and I'm really about to talk him through. So, you know, I was like, yo, yo, and I'm tapping him like, yo, so he gets off the phone and says, see, man, I'm a, I'm a, you're going to have a good time. I, do. I said, listen, man, let me explain something. Here. I don't flow like that. I don't mm-hmm. do that. Okay? I don't get down like that, man. You didn't call that chick up. Tell her she's not coming over here.
2: I know that. Hey. I was,
3: I'm not letting her in. I don't do that, bro. I don't do that, man. I just, He's like, nah, just like enough. It's going to be all like this she looked, you could trust her. I said, no, no, no. Forget about trust anything. That is not me. I don't do that. I'm here to preach, man. I'll be in my room praying, studying. I want to go to the mall, look around, get my head together. But that, nah, man. No, absolutely not. And I couldn't like, wow, stay when I see him, and I still see him. I convocations, I'm just still disgusted. Like, why would you Why would you do that? You're much older than me. Why would you do that? Mm. I'm already mm-hmm. struggling. You know, now you're trying to take me and promote me to what we call pimp nasty. God, I, mean, I don't even want to know that
2: lifestyle.
1: Which just tells me it was common for him, and if he felt so free, I mean, to make that call without even talking to you about it first, how many others could he make that call for, and how many others have accepted Oh, sure.
3: I'm sure. And to me, I have no respect for him. I have no respect for him. Wow. That's crazy. I have no respect, no respect for him.
1: That is really, really crazy.
3: You know, but I'm still, I see you, I still say hi. How are you doing? You know, this, that, and the third, but mm-hmm. I just, and I thank God that I, you know, I realized who I was, and even in my weakness, you know, that for me, it wasn't about me increasing it to that type of level. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted some affection. I was. I was in need. I didn't want to be no whore. I didn't want to be nasty. I didn't want to be having no girls quarrel, no prostitutions. Ah, uh, get out of here. Yeah, that's crazy. not okay. a, that's that like level. And so, um, you know, and many more, many, many more, many, 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 many other bishops and um you know, and for me, it was the bishops, not the younger pastors, because I understand there's a level of immaturity, and, mm-hmm. and I just don't expect it out of those who are fifty and sixty years old.
2: Yeah, come on,
3: fifty-something years old, been pastoring for thirty years. I don't expect you to to mentor me in that in that way, or to bring mm-hmm. me to the street, because to me, that's quite demonic. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. Trying
1: to uh, take you over.
3: Uh, wow. um, yeah. I, I, I was I was really um, um taken back by that. Okay. Uh,
1: that yeah, that's that's a little crazy. You know, I'm not um I've been under one pastor for twelve years. He's always been a man of integrity. You know, it, it just throws me a little to the left when I hear stuff like, like you know, what you're telling me. I know it's there. I know it's present. But when you see something so opposite of, you know, the, the fathering type of, you know, pastor, it's, it's just crazy. Um, okay. So you have people like this gentleman who... I want to be a pawn and take you over or take you over to the dark side, so to speak. Would you say that, as I'm thinking about your wife's best friend, whose congregation went back and told her whatever, it was a different way. We all know as girlfriends, we can encourage you or discourage you. It's just a matter of how we talk to, you know, how we talk. Girl, you need to do this. So, well, girl, I think you should think about that. We, we know what to say to, to either start the fire or put it out. When it comes to loss, is it safe to say that you need to even guard your circle or fine-tune that um, connections or attachments or associations with people?
3: Um that that's that, that's key to you having life even after the loss. Okay. That that you that you always are very selective about who you who 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 you decide to fellowship and be around. Um mm-hmm. there may be in, in, in life that you have to change just about your entire circle. All over? It may be if, if all of them are dysfunctional
2: <laughs> mm. uh,
3: because it's much easier for them to pull you down than for you to pull them up.
1: Yeah, because it's a lot of them, one of you.
3: Uh, okay. I always use an example of it by having someone stand on a chair. Uh-huh. And I say, now pull me up there. Hmm. Now, look how easy it is for me to pull you down here.
2: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. It's
3: only so much easier for someone to pull you down. It is much more of a task to pull somebody up. Okay.
1: The key word you said is dysfunctional. The only way to identify, would you say, dysfunction is to have made up your mind that you want to function Even though you experience loss, it has to be something that says, I want to come out of this. I want to function. I want to get through this in order for you to be able to identify who in your circle needs to be put out.
3: Yeah, I I want life. This is not life. I want life. I want want life. I want Mm -hmm. want life and what life really has to offer. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, it it, it just comes in time that you you know that that type of stuff is killing you. It's destruction. It's not life. Mm. That stuff will be the death of you.
1: So it's not living. You get a reprieve.
2: Sorry, what you say?
3: But you're not, you, you, you're not living, you not, you're not having life,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, I wouldn't even say living because there's a lot of us living, <laughs> but we're here breathing. Okay. But, but we, we, we're not really experiencing, um, the joy of life.
2: What life mm. Okay. All
1: right. Um. So you went through this cycle of, you know, forming connections and bonds or bonds being formed, you know, with you. And um, tell me how it ended when, when it finally, when you said, okay, that's enough. I'm not going back no more. I'm done with this.
3: Um, When I started to see people hurt by it, um but I started to see people hurt by my lifestyle. Um, man, mm-hmm. that that affected me. Um, really mm-hmm. bad. Especially when I was hurting people that were close to me.
2: Mhm.
3: Um, like it or not, there's there's people who's who their life is is contingent upon how you how you perform how you do mhm you know okay um, there's heavy responsibilities on you because how you behave and the things you do can hurt somebody else really bad so it wasn't just it wasn't just the the, the girls because I mean. You know, most girls they come into it knowing this is the situation, but all you know, you always get your heart. So you're not gonna put your heart in it, but you always do. But you gotta mm-hmm. put on your big girls you gotta put on your big girls' drawers and take that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the people outside of them. Like, like the kids. Like the like okay. children. Mm-hmm. Like 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 that person that that's always been looking up to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That we trying to pattern their life after me, because they just see this great guy, this strong guy.
2: Oh.
1: So you can't give in. You can't become a monster. If you are a monster, you would not be affected by uh, other people being affected.
2: Um,
3: you would not. You, 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 you people aren't doing it. You don't care. You know, but for me, I saw like I, I, I hurt my spiritual son. I hurt him and devastated him, and I saw him cry. I saw him leave the church, you know, and it hurt me to my gut. I said, "You know what, man? This is this this is not worth it." You know, and I became like the prodigal son where, and I preached this, when just the sentence that says he came to himself. Yes. One day you have to come out of this and come to yourself. There is an ability. I think every one of us, when we're going through something, and we know we're going another way, you always have that those moments and that time that God's grace gives you to make a decision, and and, and you have a consciousness. Most of the time, it's just you yourself and I, and this consciousness is hitting you like, okay, enough. Mm. You just choose to go on.
1: So you become overwhelmed by your conscience on top of being overwhelmed by loss?
3: I, I, I came overwhelmed by, you know, me coming to myself and saying, listen, I can't do this. Okay. You just can't, I, you know, it, it just overwhelmed me to the point that I said, no, it stops here. It stops here. This is where this is where I get off the bus.
1: Okay. All right. Wow. Um I wanna say I wanna ask you, is there a way? I know earlier we talked about people needing that foundation. You know they need that to reach back into that foundation that was put into them in order to you know get through this process. I know we talked about the counseling people seeking immediate help uh for themselves, their companion their you know spouse and and the family. Is there any other way not to fully be overtaken um for instance, if you would have took the Bishop up on his offer, that may have brought you to a whole other you know type of deal right there. Is it that you have to know your limits, know your boundaries, remember who you are What is it that I know it's the Holy Ghost, but I want to say, um, is there anything else that helped that kept you from going that far? Too
3: far, rather. I felt I was disappointed in myself. I, I was, I wasn't, I, I came to a place where I wasn't just sick and tired of people. I, I got to a place where I was sick and tired of me. Oh.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Mm. Sick and tired of you hurting people? Is Were um, you sick and tired of your ways? Were you also sick and tired of grieving?
3: Not grieving. I'm just sick and tired of my ways, sick and tired of me, okay. being out of position, out of place, living beneath my means, knowing that there's more in me that I had a lot to offer, but it would never come out of me like this. Mm Hmm. Okay. I, I felt I was. I felt like after a while, I was cheating myself of the life I could have if I just made some sacrifices. You know.
2: Hmm.
3: If I just got a little bit more discipline.
1: Hmm. And you were already used to making sacrifices, but this time. You're making them for yourself.
3: Making them for myself. Making them for
1: myself. Okay. So there's an importance not just for the people around you to um, put you first, but there's also an importance for the griever himself or herself to put their own self first?
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: But
0: in helping
3: you, love to put yourself first and love on you, and do things for you to the point that you know, you you do a finer job than anybody else could. You know.
1: Yeah, that's what I say all the time. So if they do anything for you, it's just adding to what you already do. And mm-hmm. if they never do anything for you, you are still good because you you taking care of yourself. Okay. Um. Your um point of coming to yourself, you mentioned the prodigal son, and I want to say that he was at his lowest. Um, would you say that, because um, you mentioned that hotel experience, was that your lowest, or was watching your spiritual son be, you know, affected, was that the lowest, or where was your lowest point or your counterpoint? Or is this all um, leading up no, to I the? Think,
3: that, that was probably not just my lowest point, but that was my my highest level of. It was going to be a high level of challenge there. You know, I'm at a low low point where I think that was my lowest point, and it, it, it was such a challenging time. Mm-hmm. But that 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 would be one of my um, lowest points. I mean, I had other low points, just sitting in a parking lot crying my eyes out, yeah, on the, you know, sitting on the ground and things like that. But that that was kind of a low point.
1: Okay. Hi. Um, okay. Um, when. Uh, David and Bathsheba lost <laughs> the first boy, the first child. Um, David comforted her. That's what the word says. He comforted her. We understand how he comforted her. Is there an importance that you would put on sexual intimacy during grieving? Is there a importance that you would put on sexual intimacy? I guess.
3: Is it important for for sex when you're grieving?
1: Yes.
2: Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right.
2: For me, it is. I'm
1: sure for a lot of people, it is. I just, you know, I didn't want to assume. I just wanted to make sure. Um, And with that being said, Is it up to the person who's not grieving or who's not directly affected? Maybe they're not the child of the parents or what have you. Is it up to the other person to create the atmosphere for that, or is it an automatic desire of the griever and the other person has to fulfill it? How does that come to be? I don't
2: know.
1: Is it is there? Um, so, in other words, you have a person that's grieving. Um, maybe they don't feel like it. So, is it up to the other person, of course, taking their time to create an atmosphere where, if they did, uh, so, like being intimate, it can occur, or is there some responsibility still left on the griever?
3: to engage in, in in sex. Yeah, it's it's, it's a responsibility on the for because nobody wants to always um nobody always wants to be the initiator. But mm-hmm. that that was the great thing about the outside intimacies because they're always going to initiate.
1: Well, okay. So then you're thought after
3: they they always initiate.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, um you know
3: what I'm okay. saying? Because they want to please you. They, they 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 know where you are, and they mm-hmm. whole thing is to to just really always ease ease you and keep you so like oh my god like you you really took care of me. You know
2: what
3: I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. That made you
2: come back
1: for more?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the okay. one thing, when check out to into a relationship, and me and the person get into an argument,
2: mm-hmm.
3: that first argument is the last argument, because I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I understand. There's no, no sense. Right. If it brings if it brings more aggravation. Mhm. Um, sex, sex, eases stress. Mhm. It does. And yes, it does. That's clinical. Mhm. Okay, it reduces high um, high blood pressure.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> but okay. Yeah.
3: It does. Okay. It um blood pressure, it, it lessens pain. It it lowers heart attack risk.
1: I mean, if that don't tell you it's just vital. <laughs> I don't
3: know what else to
1: tell. <laughs> it's important. It is so important. Oh, we have we serve a guy who does all things well. I I mean, does all things well. Um okay, so what's important for the person who's not grieving or who's not directly affected, okay, to create or be the, the initial initiator and in turn the one who is grieving will
3: respond. Okay, just just imagine, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 just had the worst stressful day, right?
2: With mm-hmm.
3: debt, whatever, and you come in the house, and your husband's there, and you got mm-hmm. you got barking a little bit. He pretty much says, "Okay, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. I got you. What's? I didn't do nothing to you. But I got you I, I got you." you still agitated. you still barking a little bit. And while you doing all right, he's bringing you in your room. Up, he closes the door. As you know, he lays you down. And his focus issues you. You're upset. Mm-hmm. You, you even barked on him. But he didn't go there with you. Now when you feel some warm lotion on your back. And his hand just massages gently. You can't tell me. But it's all gone. It's over. Yeah, because yeah. he's relieving and easing that stress. There's a whole okay. bunch of why he in there There's things going on the inside. You may have verbalized some things like stuff, but just inside is messed up. You yeah. got mm-hmm. Your nerves are going crazy. All that stuff on the inside is unhealthy. You understand? Know so yeah. now what he did was ease that tension heat calm that all that stuff down, so it's so healthy for you now, and 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 there's nothing you can say. And I add on, you know, it's not about him just laying you down and wham bam, thank you, man, because you probably would have got up and, like, oh, you know, I
1: sort of <laughs> not to add on to frustration, right? Yeah,
3: so but real intimacy and affection you know, causes you not to have to do much. The other person is doing, doing it all. Okay. Um, you, you're doing it all. At the end of the day, at, when it's all over, you, you're either ready to eat or sleep, one or the other. You know what I'm saying?
1: One or the and, other.
3: And um, so you, imagine me getting that on on a as much as I want, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Either sometimes on a daily basis, all I'm getting is a foot massage, a back massage, a -hmm. glass of wine, um, great conversation, holding my hand, not Mm -hmm. one time ever experiencing animation. But I was under
2: that.
1: The details
3: <laughs> make a big difference. Yeah. I mean just just kind of imagine that that you're getting that on a daily basis where you can for sure uh two to three hours, if not more than that, wow. be in an atmosphere where the hand is being massaged. Your mm-hmm. feet are being massaged. Um you know, your head is just being rubbed. You'll be able to just sit back on a couch and just be totally taken care of without one bit of aggravation. Not one, one bit struggle. of aggravation. No, no
1: tug, no pulling on me, no nothing. Ag- no
3: nothing. Okay. Nothing. nothing. Because the person you with knows that what use of, of it is me to be here if I'm gonna put you through what everybody else is putting you through. Right, right.
1: That's the point. What's the point. Right. Okay, so. That
3: becomes addictive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's addictive, right? I mean, it should be a part of, you know, the, the relationship at home. So I can see why, you know, either way it would be addictive. Now.
3: It, it, it can't be at home. You know why? Like that all the time. You know why? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not that the wife is so bad. Like, why is it so bad? That, because we don't want to stir a nation up of men who will just go. <laughs> you know, I don't get this yes. at home, so I need to have some side. Got to be careful with that. The fact right. That you can't have that at your home every day. You just can't. You know why? Because there's kids running around, and and your you, your wife is working just as hard as you. Hope most of the time, you know, she's working eight hours like you working eight hours. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, some wives are doing more than than the man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not easy for her to, you know, every day be able to put that time aside just to focus on you because she needs some somebody to focus on her too.
1: So how do you remain fair? How well how do you keep that balance? You know, I'm pretty sure the wife has to or the one who's not grieving has to remember to uh set aside sometimes. Yes, At the that's, same time, that's the, thing.
3: That's the thing. Y'all got to talk, and communicate, and you got to come into realization that that stuff that goes on, that you did out there like that, that's not a reality for family. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's reality if you want to stay in a mess. Okay. And 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 then if you make her family, it will stop.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it will. Stop.
2: Okay.
3: You know. Uh-huh. She can play that role now because of her position. But change mm-hmm. her position and you'll see. Change her title and her, as that title will change her position and see what will happen. You're not yeah. do that. Oh. Be considerate, be a little bit more considerate that okay, you may have had that time in your life, but when you decide to marry somebody and they life's full of responsibilities that y'all have taught and she won't, she won't uh, sit there and not give you what you need, but you just not going to get that every day. Okay.
1: All right. Now, you can't get it every day. You can't live your fantasy in the real world. Is it fair to say that when the, the you know, the husband and wife or the griever or the non-griever come together, does there need to be something different about, the intimacy that takes place? Does it need to be more intense? Does that help? I know everybody's different, but just generally, do, they, do you need to pull out some new tricks up your sleeve for that time, or do you think it's the, the griever may need what they're used
3: to? Well, I think the first thing you need to pull out, again, is atmosphere.
1: Okay.
3: Okay? That mm-hmm. has to be so important. That you 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 even if something is going on, keep it away from him right now. Yeah, it's not time mm-hmm. for them serious talks. It's not time for them problematic talks. You know, kids, this no, no 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 no. If you if you're going to do it right, let it be an atmosphere that he comes home to, and even the atmosphere makes him feel like whoa. It just feels. It just feels so warm in
1: you. That peace, that love. Yeah, you can you can feel.
3: Because mm-hmm. hmm you, you can't set atmospheres. When I first got married I remember I told my wife, I don't even want a television on uh a television in the bedroom.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
3: want it. I want the bedroom to be a place where there's just love making and it's just great communication and talking. We don't argue in the bedroom. And we don't mm-hmm. have the television bedroom. And every time I wanted some relief, even if she wasn't there, I ran to my bedroom. Mm. And it was just like, whoa. Oh, it just The atmosphere was filled with so much peace. Okay. And then as we got used to each other, we added the, bedroom, the TV, and then arguments came with that. And, you know, if we would have stuck to that, so, the first thing is not just to pull the chicks out of the hat sexually, it's mm-hmm. to warm in the woman set an atmosphere. Okay. Then, two, um, you know, uh, it is to focus in on him. Focus in on him or her. Mm-hmm. Don't let him have to do no work because work can be stressful. Mm-hmm. No work. Like, you know, it, it's, it's about those nice things like, you know, a leg massage, a foot massage, mm-hmm. even if it's five, ten minutes. You know, you 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 have to even look at it like this. Hopefully, if I do some things right, I have to wake him up for what I'm going to give him because just the massage alone, like, like the bag. And he'll wake up like, wow. You know, but that's mm-hmm. it's not, it's just what we're talking about. More than, oh, just, yeah. more than just like, okay, I'm going to show you something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, now, if he's not asleep for the massage, if you wanted to, do some, um, there's some things that you can do, but I don't want <laughs> <Okay. laughs> okay. well, to put it in the book.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, I have put it in the book. Oh, the brothers <laughs> going to be
1: so glad. The brothers are going to be so elated. Okay, Um, look, if they lose a tooth, they're going to pull this book out, okay? They're going to be so (laughs) (laughs)
2: illegal.
3: If I put some things in that book, that book is going to get turned out because I don't have people come to me and say, what can I do to my husband? I had a girl in my church, and um, it was a couple of them. They both were sitting in my office. What can I do? And I can talk to them, and I can trust them, because they've been members for a long time. And
2: mm-hmm.
3: my husband out. I told them some days, I said, now, listen, he going to crawl on the wall. Now, gonna, you're going to think he's Spider-Man. He's going to try to get away But it's going to wear him out. And they went home, and they did this thing, both of them. They called me on that phone the next day and said, this thing did not go to work.
2: <laughs>
3: what? He wanted to stay <laughs> home with both of them. They both had <good> to call it to work. It worked just like a job. You know, because I can, you know, I can tell you, I've done some things. They said he was screaming like a woman. I, said, okay. no, <laughs> I, I, I know he was. I know he was. So, you know, do some things that you can do that's really pleasurable. You remember, men, men men are very prideful people, too, so yeah. there's some things you can do that boost their ego and their pride. You mm-hmm. can never be affecting their inside. There's some things you can do sexually that makes a man feel like a king. hmm so,
1: so is that something we overlook? Is it something that most people just totally overlook, the intimacy, the need for it in the a grieving process?
3: I think, they, I think they don't overlook it, but they don't take out the aggravation part. Okay. It's like you think you still can couple it, and you can't. Mm. Like, okay, I'm going to give him good sex, but, you know, after we finish this conversation, I need, I need to talk. <laughs> oh, so,
1: it's nothing without that atmosphere. It's nothing without that sense of relief. That that sense of escape, that sense of all is at peace at this moment in time for me.
3: You got to set the pins up before you knock them down. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs)
2: Gotcha.
1: All right. Well, I'll have to go back and put this in there. Um, All right. I think that's good for today. Uh, The next place is uh, we're going to go into the uh, whole hotel um, experience that you told me about when we first met. And um, I also want to follow up with the next chapter after that. So if we could do another, what did we talk today for, about two hours?
3: I think we talked today for about two hours.
1: Yeah. When's the next time?
3: We could talk for about two well, hours. What's comfortable for you?
1: Um, Wednesday is fine. Any day of the week is fine. You know, I'm home. I cook in the morning, you know, and just, you know, I'm good. So any time during the day is
3: fine. No, no, let me see. I know somebody just texted me not too long ago about an appointment.
1: Okay.
3: Let me just
2: look at it.
0: <clears throat> October.
3: October 6th. Okay, yeah, I'm good for Wednesday.
1: Okay, Wednesday. All right, so Wednesday, uh, same time, 1030, 1130. Wow, check and then if you know you need to push it back or whatever, we'll 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 be here.
3: Okay, so let's say ten thirty eleven.
1: Okay, ten thirty eleven. I'm gonna still check with you. Okay. All right, Bishop. Good talking to you.
3: It's been wonderful. Talk to you Wednesday.
1: All right, talk to you Wednesday.
3: Okay.
0: Bye bye. Thanks so
3: much.
1: You're very welcome.
3: Bye bye.